Section 4 of England. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sonia. The World's Story, Volume 9, England. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 4. King Lear and His Daughters. A Tradition of Early Britain. By John Milton. Lear, who next reigned, had only three daughters and no male issue, governed laudably and built Carlier, now Leicester, on the bank of Sora. But at last, failing through age, he determines to bestow his daughters and so among them to divide his kingdom. Yet first to try which of them loved him best. A trial that might have made him, had he known as wisely how to try as he seemed to know how much the trying behooved him. He resolves a simple resolution, to ask them solemnly in order, and which of them should profess largest, her to believe. Goneril, the eldest, apprehending too well her father's weakness, makes answer invoking heaven, that she loved him above her soul. Therefore, quoth the old man overjoyed, since thou so honorest my declining age, to thee and the husband whom thou shalt choose, I give the third part of my realm. So fair a speeding for a few words soon uttered was to Regan, the second, ample instruction what to say. She on the same demand spares no protesting, and the gods must witness that otherwise to express her thoughts she knew not, but that she loved him above all creatures, and so receives an equal interest with her sister. But Cordelia, the youngest, though hitherto best beloved, and now before her eyes the rich and present hire of a little easy soothing, the danger also, and the loss likely to be tied plain dealing, yet moves not from the solid purpose of a sincere and virtuous answer. Father, says she, my love towards you is as my duty bids. What should a father seek? What can a child promise more? They who pretend beyond this flatter. When the old man, sorry to hear this and wishing her to recall those words, persisted asking, with a loyal sadness at her father's infirmity, but something on the sudden, harsh and glancing rather at her sister's than speaking her own mind, two ways only, says she, I have to answer what you require me. The former, your command is, I should recant, except then this other which is left me. Look how much you have, so much is your value, and so much I love you. Then hear thou, quoth Lear, now all in passion, what thy ingratitude hath gained thee, because thou hast not reverenced thy aged father equal to thy sisters, part in my kingdom, or what else is mine, reckon to have none. And without delay, he gives in marriage his other daughters, Goneril to Magalonus, Duke of Albania, Regan to Heninus, Duke of Cornwall, with them in present half his kingdom the rest to follow at his death. In the meanwhile, fame was not sparing to divulge the wisdom and other graces of Cordelia, insomuch that Aganippus, a great king in Gaul, however he came by his Greek name not found in any register of French kings, seeks her to wife, and nothing altered at the loss of her dowry, receives her gladly in such a manner as she was sent him. After this, King Lear, more and more drooping with years, became an easy prey to his daughters and their husbands, who now, by daily encroachment, had seized the whole kingdom into their hands, and the old king is put to sojourn with his eldest daughter, 
attended only by threescore knights. But they in a short while grudge that, as too numerous and disorderly for continual guests, are reduced to thirty. Not brooking that affront, the old king betakes him to his second daughter. But there also, discord soon arising between the servants of different masters in one family, five only are suffered to attend him. Then back again he returns to the other, hoping that she, his eldest, could not but have pity on his grey hairs. But she now refuses to admit him, unless he be content with only one of his followers. At last the remembrance of his youngest, Cordelia, comes to his thoughts, and now acknowledging how true her words had been, though with little hope from whom he had so injured, be it but to pay her the last recompense she can have from him, his confession of her wise forewarning, that so perhaps his misery, the proof and experiment of her wisdom, might something soften her, he takes his journey into France. Now might be seen a difference between the silent or downright spoken affection of some children to their parents and the talkative obsequiousness of others, while the hope of inheritance overacts them and on the tongue's end enlarges their duty. Cordelia, out of mere love, without the suspicion of expected reward, at the message only of her father in distress, pours forth true filial tears and not enduring either that her own or any other eye should see him in such forlorn condition as his messenger declared, discreetly points one of her trusty servants first to convey him privately towards some good sea-town, there to array him, bathe him, cherish him, furnish him with such attendance and state as beseemed his dignity, that when, as from his first landing, he might send word of his arrival to her husband Aganippus. Which done, with all mature and requisite contrivance, Cordelia, with the king her husband, and all the barony of his realm, who then first had news of his passing the sea, go out to meet him. And after all honourable and joyful entertainment, Aganippus, as to his wife's father, and his royal guest, surrenders him, during his abode there, the power and disposal of his whole dominion, permitting his wife Cordelia to go with an army and set her father upon his throne wherein her piety so prospered as that she vanquished her impious sisters with those dukes and lear again as saith the story three years obtained the crown to whom dying cordelia with all regal solemnities gave burial in the town of leicester and then as right heir succeeding and her husband dead ruled the land five years in peace until marganus and cunedagius her two sister's sons not bearing that a kingdom should be governed by a woman, in the unseasonablest time to raise that quarrel against a woman so worthy, make war against her, depose her, and imprison her, of which impatient and now long unexercised to suffer, she there, as is related, killed herself. End of section four. This recording is in the public domain.